Welcome to Tackless Radio. gentlemen and everyone in between to another episode of tackless radio happy thursday the beautiful thing about alliterations or at least the beautiful thing about the week that we have and the way that we have structured it is that there are two t's in the week so i am trying out thursday drops instead of tuesday i feel like when i come back from the weekends Typically, I am traveling over the weekends. I just feel like when I come back from my travels on weekends and I hit the door on Monday and I got to catch up on emails and work and I also have to like finish recording and curating and editing my episodes, it just became a lot and I was putting a lot on my plate. And now I have to delegate tasks out and I also have to be more realistic about how I am able to be productive for the things that matter. And I want to be consistent here with my podcast. So the beautiful thing is if my whole entire thing was tackless radio on tackless Tuesdays, there's another day with a T and we could just now make it Thursdays. Let me know what y'all think. But I feel like it is going to be a lot better for me personally to do Thursday drops because that just allows for the week to get through for me to kind of get my self together from traveling and to still remain consistent where I need to be. So we're going to give it a try and I'm always open to feedback. So this week on Should I Saw, which is my segment where I grab something from the crazy interwebs and bring it back here to discuss and share with you. This was like, this this week is actually going to be a little bit different because I want to talk about emotional maturity, but in a very mature way that I'm going to be calling porcupines and pineapples. So shout out to my lovely friend, Marvin. Hello, boo. Because he sent me a very real article from the Margillion. So if anyone is interested in following along, the article is titled The Porcupine Dilemma. Schopenhauer's parable about negotiating the optimal distance in love. And I want to read you all a little bit from the article so that we can talk about where many of us as people lack in at least this area of emotional maturity. And I just want to read a little bit from the article. Long before Gabron and Rilke, who are other philosophers who have thoughts around distance and love, author Schopenhauer explored this calibration in his 1851 collection 
of short philosophical essays, the Paragia and Paralipomia, presenting the porcupine dilemma, part parable and part thought experiment, illustrating the paradox of intimacy. He writes, One cold winter's day, a number of porcupines huddled together quite closely in order for their mutual warmth to prevent themselves from being frozen. But they soon felt the effects of their quills on one another, which made them again move apart. Now, when they need for warmth once more brought them together, the drawback of the quills was repeated so that they were tossed between two evils. Now, when the need for warmth once more brought them together, the drawback of the quills was repeated so that they were tossed between two evils until they had discovered the proper distance from which they could best tolerate one another. Thus, the need for society, which springs from the emptiness and monotony of men's lives, drives them together, but their many unpleasant and repulsive qualities and insufferable drawbacks once more drives them apart. The mean distance which they finally discover and which enables them to endure being together means that the need for mutual warmth will only be imperfectly satisfied. But on the other hand, the prick of the quills will not be felt. I can relate to a porcupine. I think many of us can relate to a porcupine. I think us, I think many of us have had porcupine relationships or porcupine situations where we had to find the best give and take and what worked for us specifically. So many times we look at relationships that are out of the norm and we think that they're a failure just because we can't relate to that relationship or we've not seen that type of relationship be quote unquote successful. We don't think that that relationship has a shot. We think the old school way is the only way that someone can have everlasting love and partnership in their life. And when we hear that someone is living a different kind of relationship that works best for them and their partner, we have so many negative things to say, which is very unfortunate in my opinion. As an example, when Cheryl Lee Ralph made a comment about her husband moving in with her and finally living with her, a whole bunch of people had very weird things to say about this woman who's technically been with her man for 21 years, married for 19 of them. And a lot of y'all can't say the same. What a lot of people did not know was that her husband, Vincent Hughes, is a senator in Pennsylvania. And the beautiful Emmy-winning actress, Cheryl Lee Ralph, has a career that has her on the other side of the nation in LA. She says that they see each other twice a week each month. I don't know who y'all are or where y'all coming from attacking this woman, but if you ask me my thoughts, I think that's the perfect setup. You get to you 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 telling me that I get to see my motherfucker 
for two weeks out of the month. Like for two weeks, we in it. Bam, slam, wham. Thank you, ma'am. Cute, lovey. Catch up, catch up, da 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 da. And then for the next two weeks, we head in the ground, head in the sand, getting work done, hustling, make sure the kids good, making sure that we are the best of the best at what we do because they're both very good at their careers. I don't see the problem. But so many people had comments about the fact that Cheryl Lee Ralph and her husband didn't live together because a lot of what men more so would say is what would be the benefit of a marriage if my wife is not living with me? And when I hear comments like that, all that does is tell me and every other woman in the vicinity is that you look at marriage as a labor of love. Because if you're saying to yourself, if my wife is not living with me, then what is the point of even marrying her? That that means that you look at a wife as being a caretaker, a housekeeper, a cook, a cleaner. You are looking for that wife to perform laborious tasks for you. You are looking for a home that feels good and smells good and and, and it's clean. You're looking for a house that has groceries and meals cooked. Because if your wife lived in another apartment and she did that all for herself, that meant that you would still have to be your quote unquote bachelor self, which means that you probably only have one pillow on your bed with no pillowcase, mayonnaise and ketchup only in the refrigerator. You have a bed spring on the floor a couch that's not comfortable and a TV with a remote you can't find. And you're hoping that a woman will come in and save you from yourself. That is not the perspective of many men, but that would be the perspective of the men that specifically said in Cheryl Lee Ralph's situation that they don't see the point of her being married to him she made a comment about that she made a comment recently that he's going to be moving in soon and everybody was like uh I thought y'all was married they are and I want to read a little bit of what Miss Shirley Ralph said in a interview with Essence about the situation Vincent and I have been married going on 19 years we've been together 21 Abbott is shot in Los Angeles. My husband, as a senator, is always in his capital, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So I don't know what magic people think we're going to do. We see each other on average of every two weeks. And everybody who questions that, I say, guess what? We're still married. I know that's right, Cheryl. The couple started out long distance when they met in 2005. One of the main reasons was that Abbott Elementary actress had to work in L.A. However, she also wanted to keep her children, who were young at the time, close to their father and ex-husband Eric Maurice. The formal couple has two kids together. That said, they have made their long distance marriage work and done a lot of traveling to do so. Ralph has done the most of the back and forth and the only time they've been in the same place for an extended period of time was during COVID lockdown. First of all, Miss Cheryl says, 20 years keeping this marriage together, you have to be together for some time. Vincent is not able to leave the state 
the way that I can leave the state. In fact, in 20 years of us being together, I'm going to say my husband has maybe been to California 25 times. That means I'm in Philadelphia every two weeks. She also explained that fans often wonder why she's there when they see her. It's always like, what are you doing here? Um, I'm married to Senator Hughes. I live here. Long distance can't be easy, but the two are making it work. So they're certainly doing something right. And that's kind of where my porcupine concept came from, where a lot of people are able to understand intimacy and love and care for somebody, but not necessarily have to be in the same proximity as that person. What does your emotional maturity allow for you to do when you and your loved one or you and your partner got to hit the fan running? got to hit the ground running with some real shit. When you are looking at the fact that you want to be an autonomous person and that you have your own career and there are things that you want to achieve for yourself, but there also is this amazing person and they make you feel good and you've never seen life the way that you have seen it ever since you've met them and food tastes better and colors are brighter and you can't miss out on this. How do you find that beautiful marriage between what you want to accomplish and who you want to be there as you're accomplishing those things. And a compromise, what it looks like it was for Senator Hughes and the beautiful Miss Shirley Ralph was that she was gonna fly to Philadelphia every two weeks to see her man. And she'd been doing that and they've been married damn near 20 years. So we can't sit here and say that it's something that, oh my God, that's so horrible that that's not the marker of a successful relationship. According to Miss Cheryl, it is. Her her man, fine, they good, she happy. We can't sit there and put what we would or wouldn't do on somebody else and their situation. Especially, we don't, especially when we don't know shit. So when we're looking at the porcupine couples, where they are able to still express intimacy through space, when they are able to say to themselves, being close is amazing because I get the warmth, but it, I know that in the long run, it may hurt because I have to go back to work, which is nowhere near this. And then when I'm away from you, I am fulfilling things for myself. But at the same time, I miss you and I need you. So I need to get back to you. I understand what a porcupine may go through when they try to hunch and get a little heat and just trying to get some warmth. But your quills, baby, they taking me out. That takes a level of emotional maturity many of us don't have. I know the people making very negative comments about Miss Shirley Ralph's relationship, y'all definitely, definitely don't have the emotional maturity. Now the pineapple side of this emotional maturity conversation comes in the very opposite form. And when I say pineapple, I do mean an upside down pineapple. So back in the day when Soho House Chicago just opened, I used to work there as a receptionist. And one of the things that I learned being a newbie into the hospitality world was that pineapples were representative of hospitality. So a lot of hotels that do very well and get a lot of ratings and amazing ratings, they'll have pineapples in the front. So if you ever see a hotel and you see a pineapple, it is representative of like amazing hospitality. 
I'm gonna do a little sippy sip of my wine before I say this one. Now, when you see an upside down pineapple, that's different. Hospitality still the same. Hospitality through the roof. But you are dealing with swingers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, yes, you are dealing with swingers. If you ever go to a home and you see an upside down pineapple, baby, them couples be getting it the fuck and they be getting it and, and yes if you all did not know in the kink world if you see an upside down pineapple that is representative of a couple that swings of a married couple that swings and if you are unaware of who swingers are or what swinging is that is when a couple will pair up with another couple and they will switch partners and they will have sex in front of each other a big old little group activity if you will after explaining to you all, at least for the ones who did not know what an upside down pineapple was, after explaining to you all that an upside down pineapple represents swingers and what swingers do, I think we all can agree that that is a different level of emotional maturity. Ain't none of y'all trying to fuck with. And I get it. And I get it. And I get it. That is a lot. That is an absolute lot. But we, but what we can't do like I said with our pine but what we can't do like I said with our porcupines is judge because if being swingers is what works for that couple and I've met swingers they be in the game for 40 years they they love their partners and they love a the lifestyle I can't sit here and say that that is a failure of a relationship if they are still together, their kids are in college, they are happy, they wake up and they see their partner next to them in bed, they are smiling. We can't say that because you consistently watch your wife get pounded out by somebody else that you don't still love her and that your relationship is not great. Because that particular couple found what they needed to do for them. Because it takes emotional maturity to watch your partner have sex with somebody else. And I, baby, a lot of us ain't there. But think about if you could be. Not necessarily saying that that's what you want to do. But think about how better of a partner you could be if you worked on your emotional maturity. If you saw your partner as an autonomous human being that has their own goals, their own aspirations. They have their own sexual fantasies. They have things that they want to do with their body. There's things that they want to sexually explore with their body and they want me there for the ride. Imagine what you could accomplish in your relationship if you worked on your emotional maturity. A lot of us would not be able to be swingers and a lot of us would cop out of long distance relationships. And that's completely understandable because if you know your boundaries, maybe you know your boundaries. But what we can't do is look at the porcupine and the pineapples and tell them that they have a shitty relationship, that they have a horrible relationship, that their relationship is going to fail because they sat down with their partner and with everybody involved and decided to work on their emotional maturity to get to where they're at. Just because you didn't, doesn't mean that you get to call somebody else in a relationship where those two people did a failure. I myself 
every day I'm working on my own emotional maturity. I will say now, and I can say this for a fact and for certain, that in majority of my relationships, I was the one that was more emotionally mature than my partner. And it gets to a point where if you have a partner that is not as emotionally mature as you, and I'm not even saying it needs to be on the porcupine and the pineapple side. If you just don't have a partner that's as emotionally mature as you, it's going to get to a point where you're going to feel like you outgrown that person and where you are going in life, you no longer can take them with you. So it helps to always consistently be bettering yourself and growing yourself because as your partner grows and as you grow, you can grow together. No one is saying you got to jump on that beanstalk and grow and grow on top of them. You can grow alongside them. And people who have had the difficult conversations and people who have done the therapy and people who have gotten rid of that generational trauma and a lot of that sexual trauma and a lot of that physical trauma, a lot of people who have who have done the work are only able to get to porcupine and pineapple status. <laughs> you got to do a lot of reflecting to get to porcupine and pineapple status. And I'm not saying that that's a status that people should aspire to, but it is a different way of looking at relationships and looking at ourselves in relationships. And maybe more importantly, saying that we can't judge another relationship just because they may have the fortitude to do something that baby, we probably would never think to do in our lives. So we should be open to different styles of relationships. I have a video now on my TikTok that has like half a million views where I was talking about how in the future, if somebody was to ask me what my ideal living situation with my partner would be, my ideal living situation with my partner is like Frida Kahlo and her husband, a fucking bridge house. You live on one side and I live on the other. And there's a little, there's a little bridge in between our houses that connect the two. So when I want to see you, I'm gonna walk on over. And when you want to see me, you can walk on over. And then when we done with each other, you go to your house and I go to my house. But baby, if I need to see you, you just across the street. People told me I was Looney Tunes <laughs> for saying that shit. That's where a lot of the comments came from like, well, what's the fucking point of having a wife if we don't live together? Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, that's because you all look at wives as things to come and save you and things to make your life better. You figure if you, I pay for a ring and I say I do and I do all the girly shit for your little day, then I get the next 20 years of free sex, free food, and a clean house as long as I pay the bills in this bitch. Like, it's very archaic mindsets. But that's really a lot of the comments that I got about what my ideal living situation would be with me and my partner. I'm not even going to lie. Even some of the lesbians was coming at me. I had one lesbian be like, uh, are the straights okay? I wanted to be like, bitch, first of all, I'm not straight. <laughs> Uh, and then second of all, why would you feel as if there's a problem with me and my partner living separately? Like, why would you assume that there's a problem in the relationship because we want to live in this type of way? Just because you're a lesbian, you bitches, you haul after three hours of meeting someone doesn't mean that if me and my partner want to live across the street, we don't want with the issues. I think sometimes y'all be the ones with the fucking issues with your, with your love bombing and shit. But we're going to talk about that maybe another day. You U-Haul girls. I'm, I'm 
you you all girls anywho i like space and maybe in the most sagittarius way i like some semblance of freedom even when i had even when i was in relationships and even with my previous partner he knew he knew i was like look i will live in this house but i need a she shed i need somewhere to go where i can charge my crystals i can record my podcast i can yell into the void i can cry while listening to adele i can blaze a little bit i can have my red wine i can get away from the craziness i just need a place where i can breathe because i'm a black girl with adhd and anxiety battling depression okay and i can put on a really really good show for like five hours that sixth hour i'm gonna hit a fucking wall and before everyone thinks that i'm having an attitude i need to be able to go somewhere else and get myself together are you willing to build that shed if it's not going to be the fact that it's going to be an east wing and a west wing house if you're not going to buy a house where we have separate wings then i need you to at least build me a shed in the fucking back because i need to be able to go somewhere else and 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 because i feel that way does not mean i love my partner any less and because i would love that in my partnership doesn't mean that i hate my fucking partner I have learned that me being able to remove myself from a situation and come back when I'm my best is the best way that I can show up for people. I'm going to need five minutes. I'm going to continue this conversation with you tomorrow. I need to let the steam off because I don't want to be disrespectful and I want to I don't want to cuss your ass out I don't want to bop your ass upside the head so let me exit stage left I'm I'm mature enough to know I need to leave the situation and I need a comfortable and safe space to go to when I do and I promise you once I get myself right once once I get my mind right I'm gonna come back I'm gonna be better but I can't be right now and sometimes you gotta be self-reflective enough to know that that is what you need to get from 10 to 2 Like, what do you need to get from 10 to 2? That's where that emotional maturity comes from, people. Listen, listen. That's where that emotional maturity comes from. What do you need that is positive that can get you from 10 to 2? And then because people can't read your mind and you have to be an advocate for yourself, you have to tell people what you need. They can't guess that I need five minutes to calm down and my she shed that has my amethyst and my humidifier and my pothos and my journals and my weighted blanket like that's what the fuck I need need to go over there for five minutes and I come back and we can finish this conversation and I know that about myself a lot of y'all don't know that about yourselves that's why when you hear porcupine and pineapple situations you're like oh how dare they Because, baby, you don't know you. You don't even know yourself enough to know that you like to get down and be freaky a little bit. Like, what happens for all the girlies who only had two partners and then got married? And then when you find out that you actually like some freaky shit and your husband is the only nigga you've really ever been with and all he like is missionary, what you gonna do, girl? Are you gonna be open with him? Are you gonna tell him that you like anal? That you like people watching? You like to do it outside sometimes in the in the forest? Are you going to be open and tell him? Or are you going to cheat? Be conniving? Deceitful? 
See, that's what I be talking about when it comes to emotional maturity. Like you don't even know yourself enough to be able to share your needs and necessities with your partner. And just because the porcupines and the pineapples were able to do that, don't be looking at them like they're weird. We need to be applauding them. I think everybody needs to be working on getting to a space of emotional maturity so that when you and your partner are faced with different situations, you have a foundation to work through them with. So, you know, cheers to the porcupines and the pineapples. May we all have the emotional maturity as those motherfuckers do. <laughs>
my throat is closing up and my tongue is swollen and I can't breathe. So I'm rushing into the hospital, University of Chicago, if anyone wanted to know, emergency center. And as I walk in, I'm greeted by security who's like, oh, you're looking for a doctor there over there. And I'm like, okay. So I walk over to the triage nurse. As I'm walking over to the triage nurse, of course, ignorantly, I hear, damn, she looks so mean. Mind you, my face is the size of a balloon. But empathy and security guards, why would University of Chicago hire anyone who gave a fuck about the patients walking in there? <laughs> the triage nurse sees me and immediately is like, oh yeah, this bitch is about to die. We got to get her going. They take my vitals. Five minutes later, they put me in a bed in the back. They're hooking both my arms up with an IV. They stick an EpiPen into my thigh. They're checking my throat. I'm getting a chest x-ray. They're like giving me epinephrine. I believe that's what it's called all type of allergy medicines and they're like oh baby you're going and you're going into anaphylaxis shock what did you have what are you allergic to and I said I don't know they was like what do you remember eating I was like I had some orange wine and some nuts but because my girlfriend had an amazing spread I did have a little bit of everything tonight which is like the craziest time to like develop an allergy and you just had everything under the sun so you can't even really say for sure what the fuck it was that did it all I know is what I had last is when I also noticed that my pussy started to itch but we can't conclusively say it was nuts and orange wine because I had crab I had vegetables I had prosciutto and mozzarella and pepperoni I had a whole bunch of stuff so we can't really say what it was they were like what are you allergic to I was like I don't know I've never had a food allergy the only thing that I knew that I was allergic to was codeine and I was never ever going to be an individual who was going to partake in sip or lean so I don't know doctor but please let me live eight hours later they discharged me from the ER and uh, and they tell me to follow up with my doctor, which I immediately do. Like the next day, I was like, girl, I was just in the hospital. I almost died. Me and you, we need to chat. So we're chatting. And mind you, it's not my doctor. It's her nurse. Because I needed to talk to somebody fairly quickly. Like it was a serious, it was a serious situation. So I'm telling the nurse like, hey, girl. I just also want to remind you that because I have Crohn's disease, I know that food and me, we really don't do so well. So do you remember, like, I asked for an allergy panel and y'all took some blood work? Yeah. What's that about? What's in it? Care to give me a download? She's like, oh my God, girl, you are correct. We did give you a little testy test back in June. Ooh, there's a couple things in it. <gasps> There's a couple things in it. Oh my God, girl. Like what? Girl, are you sitting down? Yeah, bitch, I'm sitting down. Okay, I'm happy you're sitting down because what's in it is sesame, peanut, walnut, macadamia nut, tree nut, pine nut, egg yolk, wheat, cod, salmon, have a nut allergy yeah girl you got a nut allergy you should talk to an allergist I took that fucking
fucking test in June. Why? Why in January am I finding out that y'all been sitting on these results for this long? And I've been walking. I've been walking around with a severe, not like, oh, I might itch a little bit. Oh, I might get diarrhea and bubble guts. Oh, my eyes may be a little itchy. I take a Claritin. No, I've been walking around with severe nut allergies since June. And you motherfuckers didn't tell me. You didn't want to call me and be like, hey, girl. So peanuts, cashews, walnuts, tree nuts, pine nuts. Yeah, you should stay away from all of that. It could put you six feet under. You. <sighs> so she writes me a referral to an allergist, which the fuck. <laughs> and I am to see the allergist the following Wednesday which if you are listening to this podcast on Thursday that was yesterday and she confirms what I kind of had a feeling it was yes at the age of 34 I have now developed a nut allergy and guess who has been itching all week because It has not really registered in my body or in my mind or in my day-to-day activities yet. It's not really registered yet because it's not really registered to me fully yet that I have this nut allergy. Mind you, almonds is on that list. I, like a dumbass, put almond milk creamer in my coffee earlier this week. And I was walking around like, why can't I breathe? Why can't I see? Like, why, why am I so itchy? To realize that I just had poison milk. Because I now have to be so vigilant in making sure that nuts are not in anything that I am, that I am consuming. And they put nuts in everything. She also was like, yeah, sesame is real high and so is tahini. So you may want to stay away from like chickpeas, Indian food, hummus. And I was like, I already got Crohn's disease and there's certain things that I can't eat. You're now telling me there's another whole host of things like egg yolk, wheat, fish and nuts that I also can't eat. Baby Jesus, I thought you were supposed to be coming back. Why are you late? Beam me up, Scotty. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I think I did enough. I think I inspired enough people. I think I've made enough of a legacy that if I was to go up with the aliens, um, people would be sad, but they would miss me and know that I did really good enough things in the world. You know, I think it's time. I think it's time. Because what the fuck, bro? What the fuck?